All right, welcome to Seishura, the Music Explorers podcast. As always, I'm Scoot Magoo. I'm Elaine. And uh, we kind of missed it with our, we mentioned it a little bit in our last Freeform episode. Unfortunately, the news broke, I think the morning we were supposed to record, but Ennio Morricone uh, passed away a couple weeks ago at this point. And we wanted to talk a little bit more about his music than we did last week, uh, specifically we both listened to The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly and wanted to talk a little bit more about his style, his, you know, just what we thought about, you know, what's easily his most well-known score, you know, one of the most well-known movies he was uh, involved with. Obviously, this has the famous, you know, wanna 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 Exactly. You know, that's, you know, one of the most iconic sound bites in all of, you know, Western, you know, Western style. All, all of film. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if, if, you, if you put together, like, you know, greatest hits of, you know, that, maybe like the Jaws, the Jaws um, the the, the, the theme. Like the op- yeah. opening of Star Wars. Like, it's just, it's that iconic. Um, so we decided to listen to it. And uh, actually, I don't have a, t- a ton to say about it, which maybe isn't a... A great sign, but I, I know you said you had you had thoughts. You texted me this morning, <laughs> yeah. so I wanted to turn it over to you first. Um, yeah. So fr- first off, I just need to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I d- d- just because. Um, but seriously though, it, like it, I've really never listened to a full uh, Morricone soundtrack. Like I outside of watching the uh the films mm-hmm. which which by the way you, you you said you've never seen good the bad and the ugly right no my dad has uh all three movies in the, uh, the what's the name of the trilogy it's, it's the dollars trilogy yeah i mean he had all yeah. three he i i remember watching bits and pieces here and there but i don't recall watching the full full thing this it, 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 it's a good movie it's worth watching um but anyway just listening to it in full it was it was I, I I don't know. It, it, here's the thing: is like, on its own, it, it, it's so fucking repetitive. Like they <laughs> they take that one theme and just like I mean, Morricone just like just fucks the hell out of it. I was I was like, actually really surprised at how yeah you know because I mean obviously you 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 know it's not that surprising that it would appear multiple times in the the movie, but as like a score that you're listening to. It it just it was not it was I, it was a big honestly, distraction. I, I I'm kind of not surprised it, it, yeah. it, in a way because um it's not unheard of for a movie to do that. Sure. To like to like sort of take a theme and just sort of play around with it. Like I know um Hans Zimmer does did that like a million times on the uh, the Dark Knight score. Mm. Um like the there was always like this build up that he would do that just like felt like it was like tossed in every 20 minutes for good measure um you know it, it or or like uh m- maybe a less known one but uh the the zorro theme that i think it's james horner's uh theme for uh the legend and the mask of zorro mm-hmm. with the, the uh antonio banderas movies uh don't ask me why i know those um i don't want to talk about it <laughs> i remember watching like my dad rented the like the one of the more recent Zorro movies with Antonio Banderas, and it was not 
I, I, I mean, e- even as a kid who like didn't have a good sense of movies, I was like, this doesn't seem like it's very good. But my anyway, mom is obsessed with those movies. Uh, who is? She has watched both of them. Interesting. Uh, is probably... it because of Antonio Banderas? I I don't know, dude. <laughs> hey, or wait, 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 what was what was the question? Is it you know? Is she just you know? I, I know my mom will watch. Is, is she in love with Antonio Banderas? Yeah, my mom will watch no. like virtually anything with Ryan Reynolds for. I guess pretty obvious. No, it's it's not that. It's it's I, I I think she just likes kind of adventure movies that are lame. I guess <laughs> it's like a specific um, genre she she seeks out. Like I, goes, I mean, like... kind of though. But she, she she has watched both of those Zora movies upwards of like 20, 30 times. Wow. Okay, that's that's even more than I. That was a oh, di- different I, level I, than I, I thought we, you were talking we, about. We could do a whole episode on on just my parents' strange movie watching activities, but um, <laughs> it's, ju- it's just not topic. worth it, frankly. <laughs> um, anyway, I, the, like all, all that to say is that it's it's not unheard of for a composer to take a motif and to do different variations on it. Sure. Um, it it's just I, I I felt like the variations that were going on weren't varied enough i guess mm-hmm. um and it's just i i think part of it is like if, if it wasn't such an iconic theme i think maybe you could bend it a little bit but 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 then again we're, we're, we're talking about this you know like 50 years almost after it came out yeah so like i i i think you know at the time i don't think they're thinking oh yeah Let's take this really, like, you know, important score. Because, like, they didn't know it would be just, like, so iconic, I don't think, when they were making it. Um, so, it, it was just, like, it... it like, the, the so, the, the whole... The score that I found uh, on Apple Music runs about, like, 55 minutes. Yeah, and, and, and if uh, I can interject for it, a second, I, I this felt so much longer than that to me. Like, it, it, honestly, it should have been like half that time, honestly. Like as I was listening, like when I checked in, I was like, I cannot believe. I forget what track exact. I think it was, um, oh, it was the the story of a soldier. Honestly, that legitimately sounded like a lullaby to me. Like there, it, there, there are some like like it's good. The Maddie Ugly is a weird movie. Like I, I enjoyed yeah. it a lot, but but it it takes some really weird turns because like you you, you think the whole movie is about like this this treasure that this soldier you know buried with himself i think uh or like he he was buried with it or something it's like something mm-hmm. like that like in like the whole thing is like the race to get it between clint eastwood and um oh what's his name um fuck i um yeah i forgot his name but anyway like it's you know the, the three of them the good the bad and the ugly you know but mm-hmm. like there, there's like this whole other side plot where like Clint Eastwood's character gets like, I don't know, in, in like informally inducted into the Civil War, and and like they they, they have to do like battle. Interesting. It, it it it's just like it's like okay, <laughs> it, it it just seems so out of place mm-hmm. in a way. Um, yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because honestly, other than like obviously the, the the opening theme and like the first few tracks, and then whenever it comes up, you're like, okay, that that just it, it it conjures very clear Western you know Western vibes. But a lot of this, I was like, 
I mean, obviously, I haven't seen the movie, so I couldn't tie it to anything. But, like, I didn't get that vibe at all on a, a lot of, you know, obviously, I could see it fitting into that kind of atmosphere and, like, how I, I kind of envisioned the plot as, as someone who doesn't have, has no idea what the plot might be. But it just, it sounded very, I don't want to say generic. Like, I feel like, I feel kind of a dick, you know, the, the guy just passed away. Well, no, the, the, <laughs> like, like the, 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 there are some more traditional parts of it. Like, there yeah. are parts that are really orthodox, you know, that you get like, oh, those passionate string swells and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think a lot of people just kind of gloss over those parts. Yeah. And, um, and like, because... I don't necessarily mean to say like, that's a, that's a bad thing. It just, it surprised me because there were parts I'm like, I'm not getting the vibe I thought I was going to get from this, like, whatsoever. Like, I was just, I was really surprised. I, I mean, you, you, you get that vibe, I, I feel like, half the time. Yeah, at least, like, I guess it, maybe, it, maybe it, not it's as just much that as I thought. It, like, it, it, it just beats you over the head with it a little yeah. bit. But I, I think on the positives, though, um, I, I, I think it just, it comes down to, I mean, for me, is Morricone's, like, sort of um, array of, of, of like his sonic palette that he's using or that he just uses in general mm-hmm. um I, I think that's just a huge thing just like it, it's it's kind of interesting to have all these disparate elements sort of like just flung together mm-hmm. like you know that 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 guitar like sounds like it's straight out of like like a surf rock record almost. yeah absolutely like, like it had just like a ton of reverb attached to it and just like mm-hmm. a little bit of overdrive and just but but then you have like like the voices, you know, ah, 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 yeah, and like you know, uh, just th- things like that, like or like the whistling, you know, and it, it, it all works. It all goes together marvelously, and it's just like it. it I, I can really see why John Zorn and many other people cite Morricone as such a huge influence. Oh, for sure, yeah. To, to just, just because you know you have someone who's really playing with just different sounds, like they like th- this must have been just like. Like, like, brain boner material for Zorn. <laughs> I, I, I can imagine boner. just just I like watching, like because he really likes um, not oh uh, there, there's this one theme that I can't I, I can't remember uh that that he likes to play a lot that it it shows up in the Naked City albums. Um, yeah, I was gonna say like there was it sounds oh, like it, 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 it I think it's the Sicilian clan theme. Yeah, if I remember right. Let, let, um, like some of the riffs definitely sound like slowed down versions of what ended up in Naked City. Yeah. Uh, so it, it it's yeah it like just being I I think hearing someone hearing a composer play with sound like that, mm-hmm. taking all these different influences and elements and putting them all together to create something new that that that, that that's like such an early Zorn thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it, so like I I really like that aspect of it. And I, I, Ecstasy of Gold, I think, is still a really great track. It's still a really good piece. Um, and actually, they, uh, I don't know if you knew this. I, I, I don't know if they still do this, but uh, Metallica actually comes out on stage to Ecstasy of Gold. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and they, they actually did. There was an Neo Morricone cover uh, album. There's been a couple of them, but Metallica actually did a version of Ecstasy of Gold. Huh. Uh, I'll have to check it out. I will yeah, say it, it, for, for me, um, I just <laughs> that that's the song they use in like the, the recent spate of uh, Modelo commercials. Yeah, like the Mexican beer. <laughs> so like I actually really liked it. But when it first came on, because uh, I haven't had ads play, you know, I, I paid for streaming for a really long time. 
So I was like, wait a second, like, why the fuck is a Modelo ad playing, <laughs> <laughs> like, during, like, I pay for Apple Music, goddammit, I don't want any, any fucking ads. And then like, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that, that they, yeah. Isn't that kind of sad, in a way, though, that, that, that like, that there are, like, and, you know, th- this isn't the only instance of something like that, that, like, there's, like, a really well-known song that ends up getting co-opted by a commercial, and it yeah. ends up being associated with that commercial way more, like, um, uh... One way or another, you oh, know the yeah. Blondie song. I, I I always think of like the Swiffer commercials. I think <laughs> for me, I I think it's kind of cool when a song that like you know I'm I'm previously familiar with when it's in a commercial. Like I always think there was a uh, Pains of Being Pure at Heart song that appeared in a Hershey commercial. Uh, commercial, jeez, and it just it fits so well with the vibe. It was like a nice summery like synth pop song, but thought, the other way around. Yeah, if it's the other yeah. way around, where like I didn't know this song, like I've heard it in a commercial forever, and suddenly it's like, oh, that's that commercial song. Like I don't like that. Yeah, I mean, that's like my my you know caveman brain talking. Like, <laughs> or, or like, oh my god, like life is a highway. Hearing life is a highway <laughs> at any time just reminds me of like cars, like yes. the, like the movie yeah. cars. <laughs> Oh um, man, that's so true. Oh, that's hilarious. I, I I just don't want to think about that song, ever. Um, Th- that was that like, was another one where like the first time I saw Cars, even as a kid, I was like, I don't I don't like this. Like this isn't <laughs> good. Like you know, cause... It, it's it's easily the worst thing Disney's done. Yeah, um, like, I, actually, well, I I heard I don't know if you knew that they they made an Artemis Fowl movie. Apparently, oh man, that that was absolutely. I mean, I haven't seen it. I never even I never read the the book as a See, kid. See, I, but... I I loved the books as a kid. So, but this movie, I, the movie, I, all I know is that it was absolutely panned. Like, I, I, was, I heard that, yeah, just people just shat on this thing. So, like, um, I mean, it, it took for, I mean, part of it is because, you know, you know, we're all locked down, whatever, people can't go to the theaters, but it seems like the, a big budget, like Hollywood movie that's just kind of dumped on, like, one of the streaming services. That's never, like, if it was, you know, if it was developed. Well, I mean, as, it, it, it was, it was meant to be out in theaters. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, you know, like, but if it was developed for Apple Plus or, like, Netflix or whatever, then, you know, like, that usually is, you know, it's kind of a, a neutral tag. But if it was supposed to be in theaters and they were like, whatever, we're just going to dump it or, like, they, they don't they don't feel they need to save it. Because there, there are some some films that they've, you know, the studios I, I, I have pushed back. Even if this thing had been in theaters, they, it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> <laughs> it would still be, still be a, yeah. Yeah. anyway this is not our movie podcast though i it would be funny to do an episode about about film just like not even film music just just movies in general yeah um i always think about that like like maybe doing like an episode on books like on i on books about music that'd be cool um yeah but anyway yeah so i i I mean good and bad and the ugly score it it was it's cool for what it is um, it's, it's definitely not a perfect thing. You know, I, I, I think, you know, I, it, it, it's kind of just like how, you know, we think of like, say the Beatles, you know, we, we remember them for like Sgt. Pepper and like Abbey Road, but, uh, we don't always remember like the really early, really, really kitschy sugary stuff yeah. that, that they were known for <laughs> at the beginning of their career. So it's, um. You know? Yeah, and part of me is is curious if maybe I would appreciate it more if I had a relationship with the film, or you know, if I'd even seen it and, and thought it was okay. But I, I mean, I, I I think 
I, I it, it sort of depends on the movie and and the score. Like it's it's there, there's really I, I I don't think you can really put like an overarching rule for this. But I, I I've found that a lot of times with those classic scores, they end up working much better when you're watching the movie, sure, as opposed to listening to them on their own. Like like I. I like I, I love the Star Wars movies, but I would never buy one of the film scores on its own. Like never, just 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 because it's so like repetitive and just like and I I I already know it too. I yeah. mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's things like that. Like it because it, I I think it works so much better when you're just watching. I think it's it's definitely for for this movie because. You know, there are periods of, of silence in Good and the Bad and the Ugly, or, or at least periods of no music. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it ends up working really well. But on its own, eh. Yeah. So. But I mean, I'm glad I you know, I'm glad I listened to it. I mean, now yeah. I am curious because obviously it's, it's a you know, well-respected movie. I'm curious to watch it now. Um, it's it, it's it's worth a watch. It's a, it's a, it's a fun movie. Uh, like it's it's like I'm not gonna say like oh it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Even though mm-hmm. I think it's probably rated up there. Um, it, but but it's just it, it's it's fun. Like it, it's I l- l- like I went into it being like I don't know what to think about this, and I came out of it being like okay this this was an enjoyable experience. So. Nice. I will put it on the we uh, on, on, on the giant list of movies. I suggest. I know, but like we've actually done a better job of of, of trying to watch a movie. Oh no, I, I I was more criticizing myself. Uh, no, for, like for, I, for I, just piling up all these movies on you. So <laughs> I appreciate it. I mean, I feel like ultimately it's you know it's it's pushed me to watch movies more because I'm like you know I, what I should I, I like because it's the thing I, I've always wanted. I, to I do. need to listen. To, I need to watch more movies too, but I just haven't felt like it. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, we've done a better job of, you know, Lauren and I of, of kind of finding a happy medium, finding movies that we're both interested in, just kind of, yeah. I mean, the big thing a lot of times is just pressing play. Like, don't don't think too, too much about it. Just be like, okay. Like, oh, yeah. Gonna... No, I, 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 I can get stuck, like, trying to figure out what to watch or what to listen to or what have you. Yeah, especially on Netflix with, you know, you just have, like, severe option paralysis. The, I, I'm so glad I don't have Netflix or Amazon Prime or any of that. So, <laughs> very happy. But, um, so, you want to talk about our, our main thing today? I do, and I don't really know why this popped into my head but uh i thought it'd be cool to talk about um albums that we've kind of judged a book by its cover with the end that could be literally you know oh man that cover sucks and then <laughs> and you know end up finally giving it a listen and then oh wow this is actually really good and that that's that's something that um i mean there are a lot of famous albums like as i was just trying to see if there's any i'd missed you, you google you know great albums with uh um, with terrible covers, there's de- definitely a number that keep popping up. Um, <laughs> they, I, the, the one I always think of that 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 shows up. Well, I, I usually, if you look for worst album covers, it's um, accepts uh, balls to the wall. Yeah, just 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 the one hairy man leg. Yeah, <laughs> just, what a glorious <laughs> album cover. It's and it was interesting that I saw how many times uh, um, uh, Pet Sounds by Beach Boys popped up, and then a Beatles uh magical mystery tour I mean, I'm, that's not what it's called yeah but. no it, it, it is magical mystery yeah. tour. because like i don't i don't know like to me like a cover that's like yeah that, that's you know like i think there's a difference between like a not great cover and like a bad cover 
like this covers where I'm like, yeah, that's kind of whatever. Because I mean, back then I mean, there was there were so the, many covers from classic albums that are just like them, like the band just standing around. Oh yeah, or whatever. Like, like so, that. Um, like the cover for the the Who sells out. It's it's just like Daltrey and Townsend putting on deodorant. Yeah, exactly. And it's like it, I, mean, I mean, like it's it's supposed to be a whole like oh they're you know they they're advertising these products. Yeah, but and obviously still. it's not you know they're not great, but it's not like terrible like one album that came up a lot that i remember when it first came out um i forget the name of it but like one of the more recent yeah yeah yeah's album with like it's like the really like low quality um like cartoon rendering of just like this weird baby and a fly and it's just like what i i need to see this yeah i mean probably if you look up bad cover yeah yeah yeah's you'll see it it's just you know i remember when it first came out i was like that's like a like what even is that that looks terrible mosquito oh wow that is i i I don't know if i would call that it it, it's bad in a way that i didn't think it would be yeah like i i i thought you i thought it was going to be like that uh that that seether album that that, that's just like the weird shower oh no alien thing but (laughs) but another, another one speaking of like bad animation what's that isn't it like an iron maiden cover that's like Super oh, dance of death. Yeah, like yeah. super low quality. Yeah, like it looks people like a... people fucking hate that album cover because like that if you look at it really closely, like it's like it's rendered horribly. Um, yeah. But there are also just numerous mistakes in it. Like there's there's like a woman on it who's like doing a handstand, and like one of her legs is missing. <laughs> That's interesting. I'll I'll take yeah. a closer look to it. I really I'm not much of a Iron Maiden fan. Oh, actually, I I bought. Uh, I, okay, let me refinish that thought. I'm not much of a like a later career Iron Maiden fan, but I did buy Brave New World recently. Dance I, of I, Death is an underrated album. It's just that the, co- the cover is terrible. Yeah, uh, but there's some but, really great le- like Passchendaele is one of my favorite Iron Maiden songs, and that that's that's on that. So. But that's actually a good segue into our main topic. That you yeah. know there are plenty of albums that, and we expanded a little bit that it's it's not just the cover is bad it's also just like the context around it like there's some something yeah. about the artist the album that really really turned us off initially but eventually we gave them a chance and uh, you know it's it's you know become one of our favorites and I, I think all of these on here um either they're really their favorites of mine or just in general their albums i in, enjoy um yeah you know I, I would i would say like if someone said you know gut reaction do you like or dislike this album i've you know i've done that so I think I have a few more than you, so I'll I'll go first and, and yeah, go for it. The first one is it's kind of a twofer, just because it's it's more or less the same, um, the same reasoning, I guess. But I put down at the gate, slaughter of the soul, and carcass heartwork. Um, okay. For one, I think both covers are not great, especially. Oh, be, be, people are gonna want to kill you for the the heart work one yeah i mean i i mean i don't i don't i i think the especially the layout like the font choice in slaughter of the soul in particular is pretty bad um, oh yeah the the, the papyrus font, yeah exactly like, uh, yeah and i guess the, the hard work isn't i mean i don't like it i don't think it's terrible but i think the bigger thing was uh i really didn't like melodic death metal for a long time like to me like when i went to death metal i wanted to which is weird because i was into the melodic metal core of the time, like, you know, Azalea Dying, those kind of bands, yeah. where basically they just ripped off the, the, they did like that kind of Gothenburg riffing, except, you know, a little bit slowed down and then breakdowns and whatnot. But yeah, like for a while, I just, I thought 
the covers are really lame. You know, I, I just thought melodic death metal, like what's the, like to me, that just sounded like an oxymoron. Like when I went to death metal, I wanted to hear like really heavy, fast and, and yeah. you know, brutal. I, I, I get you. I, you know, the, the thing I've never understood about Heartwork is, is just that how it's considered such a landmark mellow death album. Because like it's it's really just it's if you ask me it's a really poor example of melodic death metal. That is interesting. You know, eventually when I gave it, I I really like it, but I I do think it's it's not like definitely anything by Dark Tranquility, obviously Slaughter of the Soul, and then uh, I, I, I mean I, I I I again I think this this is us coming from this from you know this is like a hindsight twenty twenty sort of view. Because I, I, I think, you know, this is such, like, an early Mellow Death album. Yeah, for sure. That, like, it's it, it's not like they even had words to properly describe what was going on. And so I think we ended up, like, I, I know for me, like, when I think of melodic death metal, my mind instantly goes to, like, Arch Enemy. Yeah, for um, sure. Which, I mean, t- you know, is related to Carcass. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it's it's just, like, it, two two very different sounds going on between Heartwork and, like, just a regular arch enemy album yeah so. exactly and i think i mean t- technically it, it is i mean it it is a melodic death metal album but i don't think that they it, it really isn't mellow death and hopefully that doesn't sound silly but like it really like when i think of it, like that it, speci- it really isn't that like um, that like spe- specific ripping style like in the gothenburg trio in flames dark tranquility at the at, you know at the gates uh, it just there's a very specific style that um I mean, essentially, what what Carcass did was they kind of took heavy metal or like New Age British heavy metal and and took elements of that and incorporated it into their death metal. Especially like some of the riffs on Surgical Steel, which was their comeback album back in mm-hmm. I think like twenty thirteen. Um, that definitely was them, you know, showing their heavy metal, you know, fanboyism on their sleeves. Um, but yeah, I'm really glad I eventually gave them a shot. I think it was, you know, I decided in general I was going to give Melodic Death Metal a shot because over time I've definitely expanded my horizons and things don't have to be the way that they, you know, that I think they should be necessarily. And that's been, I think that's kind of been the underlying um, core of how my taste has evolved. That just like what, yeah. what, like what my preconceived notion of what a genre quote unquote should be or just like is. I've let that go and just been like, yeah, let, let me check it out. And, you know, I, I really love both these albums. I, I, I clumped them together because they, you know, kind of pretty much the same story for both. They're, they're, they're very similar in a way. And I, I actually am not, uh, I actually went through the same thing with both of them. And I am yeah. still not a fan of either of them, to be totally fair. Um, but it, it also, I really don't, like, immediately go to, like, either of them when I'm thinking of, like, melodic death metal to listen to. Sure. So... Yeah. Um, but anyway, mine. Um, so yeah, I, I had a couple. Um, I, the, 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 there's a couple of really quick ones like that I actually didn't even write down, but I was thinking of them before we started, and um, both of them are are. Uh, well, I think they're they're both black metal is actually is so okay. uh, Mayhem and Burzum, not necessarily albums, but just the bands in themselves. Like oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah I, I I remember being. Um, and, okay, so this is weird, but uh, I was seeing a psychiatrist or a psychologist in in high school, mm-hmm. and uh, he was a really big metal fan. And so, like, we, we'd spend like half of the half of the session like talking about metal, and he he would just be like, 
you gotta keep away from Mayhem and Burzum. Like, they're bad news, dude. And, like, I, I, I get why. Like, I've read Lords of Chaos. Like, I, I know the history. Mm-hmm. But I, I just always kept away from it. And I, I think that that's kind of a mistake. And that, that that's kind of what I wanted to bring up here just very quickly. Is that um, I, I think part of... I, I think you could easily pick a bunch of examples of don't of this whole Don't Judge a Book by its cover mentality. And apply it to, you know, musicians and bands who have, you know, uh, what's referred to as like problematic ideology. You know, and so... Like and I, I'm I'm not against that. I I, I just think that like um, I I I feel like I have other examples that I, I would rather use. I guess so. Like those are the only examples of really bands like that ideologically I didn't really listen to because of like oh mm-hmm. they're they're kind of associated with some bad shit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know. But I I think with both of them like you know they they're they're both such super important groups you know that that it's 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 tough to ignore them at least from historical context mm-hmm. because like like to talk about black metal without either mayhem or burzum is to t- like it would be like talking about like rock music without the rolling stones yeah exactly like it's, it, it, it's it's just like the two are so combined into each other that they they're just inseparable um but anyway um my first, actually, the, yeah, probably, probably the first album that I really came thought of when you brought up this idea was um, Fiona Apple's "When the Pawn." Um, oh yeah, that's yeah. D- d- and it's because of the title. Yes, I was um, gonna say. I mean, the, I, the cover's kind of whatever, but yeah, the title itself is is. Yeah, I which I, th- there's I, a reason I'm, I'm that gonna, no one. I'm gonna read the whole cover. I'm gonna read the title right now. Yeah, I'll so. just say real quick. There's a reason yeah. that everyone just calls it what the, you know, even though that's not the title. Everyone just calls it "When the Pawn." Yeah, and exactly. That's a very good it's, reason, as yeah, Elaine is going um, to explain. What, when the pawn hits the conflicts, he thinks like a king. What he knows throws the blows when he goes to the fight, and he'll win the whole thing before he enters the ring. There's no body to batter when your mind is your might. So when you go solo, you hold your own hand, and remember that death is the greatest of heights. And if you know where you stand, then you know where to land. And if you fall, it won't matter, because you'll know that you're right. Yep. You know what I picture? I picture like someone like Fantano every time he... Like, he mentioned oh my God. the album title in a review, just saying the entire the entire thing. Yeah, just oh, the, oh, man. see, like if somebody called it that, like that, like like just knowing that that's called that, it was just like turned me off of Fiona Apple for a very long time. Uh, like same thing with Idler Wheel, but I don't think it's that that one isn't as. It's bad. not as I mean it's it's long, but not like you know that, that that's I mean that might be the longest album cover I'm I'm aware of. It's just it's yeah, such, it's I, such a yeah yeah, and it just just it just to me and the, the, this is coming from you know someone who did not know anything about Fiona Apple that it just reeked to me of of pretentiousness uh, because oh that, yeah that that I mean like <laughs> it's really hard to not to interpret it any other way. Um, but, you know, actually listening to the album, uh, it does not sound like the title at all. Um, and it's, it's, I I enjoy it a lot. I think it's a really good album. So yeah, for me, it's like a really like grounded, you know, organic, like you almost can picture yourself just sitting there, like listening to her play piano. At least for me, it's like sitting there. But yeah, like, I I mean, I think as much as I love Fiona Apple, that, that pretty much is the definition of pretension is that like you place more importance into something than is actually there. And like, what, what exactly is, you know what also kind of reminds me because I, I remember, uh, because I, a few years ago I used to work at Goodwill 
and um I would have to scan albums. Yeah. Uh like like I would have to scan just tons of media and I would always find uh tons of copies of the de- of Jules debut album uh pieces yeah. of you. Okay. And uh <laughs> y- y- I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but on on every cover uh, on th- on this album cover below is uh this little statement it says what we call human nature in actuality is human habit and i'm like this is jewel talking what like yeah so just look it, it up it, yeah it's like it's right there on the, it's not yeah, even like it, an insert it's literally just on the album cover exactly That's and, it's, and it's just like like i i mean like at least like i don't know fiona apple always came off to me as like sort of an artsy type of like musician and jewel very much does not yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it would be like if the Dixie Chicks like came out with like, you know, l- l- like an album title that was like, you know, just one big like feminist thesis written by Camille Paglia. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really really funny. Like uh, it, it, it's just yeah. It, but but anyway, so the, the, that that's that's one of the ones I have. So <laughs> yeah, and I will say before I go on, like I, I kind of I had a reverse relationship with. Because, uh, like, I own Philosophy Fan by, by Burzum. Obviously, a big fan of Mayhem. Uh, I think for me, like, it's definitely a case-by-case. Case. I mean, like, you know, I I don't really... Especially newer Burzum, when he started to embrace, like, some of the more, you know, ideologies I'm not on board with. And obviously, I don't own any, like, you know, like, out, outright Nazi black metal, which is, you know, its own subgenre. But it yeah. kind of depends what you're comfortable with. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, we can't necessarily... You know, especially albums like Philosophy Fan and then... Hivis, I forget what the exact title is, but early Burzum is extraordinarily influential. You know, it, it kind of yeah. it kind of sucks that he's he became what you know what he became, but you know, I, you, I you mean, have to he, give... the thing is, he was a murderer back then too. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, but... even if you don't care about like some of his problematic beliefs, he literally like kills someone yeah. in extraordinarily gruesome <laughs> fashion. So um, yeah, yeah, but... I literally killed two people. Uh, but anyway. but speaking, speaking of the world of metal. Uh, this may come as a surprise, and I want you to like. I'm going to say it. I don't want you to, you know, freak out. Uh, I can't wait. Black Sabbath, Paranoid, and okay. So, so the, for, the, the album cover, I'm assuming. Uh, I mean, the album cover isn't great, but it was. You know, I have have a storied past with like classic rock and classic metal. You know, I was I was very much like about the new school. Like you know, I didn't I didn't like any albums that were older. I kind of went through that phase, so that was part yeah. of it. But Specifically, I think it might have been Sam Dunn who made like Metal Headbang. I think it might have been in that movie, Metal Headbangers Journey. Yeah, but he has a quote with Rob Zombie who basically said that um, I'm paraphrasing. But he said Black Sabbath was you know basically wrote every metal riff that matters, like every other riff that came after. That's just not like, true. It's just like you know slowed down or sped up or like slightly varied version of, of that. Like Tony Iommi just wrote like- everything. That, that's, that's just objectively not true. Yeah, and but, like even I, I mean I, I I feel like he was probably exaggerating a bit for effect, but just, but, but but then again, I I don't consider Rob Zombie to be um, you know, I I don't know I I I would not go to Rob Zombie for for opinions on music oh, theory and music history. So for sure, for sure, yeah. But um. just that quote alone really really rubbed me the wrong way because yeah, you know, like, I already had the disposition not to like. So obviously, I was familiar with Iron Man. You know the you know paranoid war pigs, so I it wasn't like I never listened to them, but I totally wrote them off after that because I just that that quote alone I remember specifically I was like 
like because again even as someone who is just you know really dipping their toes into the world of metal i was like that kind of sounds like bullshit that just doesn't that just doesn't seem (laughs) and it just it was again very pretentious very like kind of the the old garb like yeah you like those riffs you know nowadays kids but really like you you have you have to thank tony iomi for everything you listen to like that was just and obviously it's a little bit of a reaction but yeah yeah I, i mean that was that was kind of uh that that was kind of something that stuck with me for a while and frankly it was uh it, it affected a lot of like you know I didn't listen to Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, like I just was not into older metal. But I remember that specific quote sticking out for Black Sabbath. And obviously, um, you know, I mean, Paranoid's fucking great. Like like Ozzy era Black yeah. Sabbath and you know the Dio years too. Just great, extraordinarily influential. You know, I mean, he was he had, he there was a kernel of truth to what he said in terms of like how influential Black Sabbath was to the evolution of metal. But like, oh yeah, not like. I mean, if if you said every Doom riff, like even even then, I disagree. But like maybe that statement holds a little bit more validity. It, it, but, yeah, I I feel like it would be a little bit closer. But even then, uh, like that's just not true. So yeah, like that, yeah. you know, it, again, you know, kind of an example you, of. But part of the reason that isn't true, I mean, is because like famously Tony Iommi doesn't have all his fingers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like, it's literally like. <laughs> <laughs> like he like a like of course he couldn't write all of the metal riffs <laughs> yeah ex- i mean yeah that's that, that's that's kind of a good note to end on that's yeah <laughs> uh, so anyway what's your next one um so i have um i don't know this always comes to me as just like kind of piss poor artwork in my mind but it's mm-hmm. um bauhaus's second album mask um oh i, I think you know, i know what you're talking about let me let me it yeah, it's it, it's a pretty bad album cover, um, and I I just think it. Oh it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, like it, it's it's not really indicative of the sound of it, especially yeah, when sure. you see the album cover for In the Flat Field. Like it's just like you know you you get yeah. a totally different idea of what the band's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a really good album, and like I, I remember when I because I, I I have one of those Bauhaus box sets that has like their first five albums, um. And I, I, I was going through and I was putting, I put mask on and I'm like, oh no, this is going to be bad, right? And I was like so blown away by it. Like I thought it was so good. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I still feel like in the flat field might be bad. I, I don't know. I, it's been a while since I've, since I've gone like on like a little bit of a Bauhaus bender, if you will. <laughs> yeah. I remember um, like, I, I forget where I was, but it was, um, it was one of our, like it wasn't Newbury Comics or Bull Moose. It was just like an independent store, and I, I saw it in the flat field. I was like, "Fuck, I gotta buy that because that that's that's such a such a cool yeah. album." But you're totally right. That album cover, like, is so much more emblematic of of kind of like what like when you hear their music. That's that's the cover, not oh, like yeah. a, a a panda and a, a dude just kind of yeah like, <laughs> like yeah I, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know. I'm I'm not gonna talk because I I don't know. If you ask me, like the rest of the Bauhaus albums after that aren't really that great. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have a, but, I don't really have an opinion, so don't, you know, you can, you yeah. can shit on Bad House all you want. Well, no, I, I, I'm not looking to shit. I, I've just like, I, I, as I kept listening to those albums, like I grew less and less enthused mm-hmm. with each album, um, surprisingly. But maybe it's just because those two albums are just that good. But yeah. Anyway, what, 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 what you got? Um. Yeah. So this one isn't necessarily an indictment on. Well, I mean, I guess it, yeah. I mean, I guess it kind of is, but 
it's not the worst cover ever, but back when I was getting into, I guess, quote unquote, real metalcore, like metallic hardcore, um, you know, I, obviously I turned to Jane Doe. I bought uh, Coalesce's Ox. Uh, I got really, you know, Cave-In's White Silence. Oh, God, I, I remember Ox. I, I remember borrowing that from you and having it on my iPod, listening to that when I was in Cape Cod. And they, this was like mm, 2013, probably. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's <laughs> yeah. a, it, it was a really cool time because it was so new. Because now, like, if you listen to any, like, Metallic hardcore album nowadays, it's just, you know, like, there are some bands... Uh, obviously, I'm not going to name them to shit on them, but there there are some bands I've heard that literally just sound like they're trying to be Converge, like actively trying to sound like Converge. Code um, Orange? No. Uh, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're their own beast. Uh, but I, yeah, when I was getting into them, you know, there's a number of classic metalcore albums in that in that sphere. And the one that I just, I siphoned out was uh, Botch, We Are the Romans. Uh, partially because, you know, I just, you know, the limit, limited headspace, you know, when I wanted to get into, I always try to, and I still do, I try to buy um, a variety, like when I have a big CD haul, I don't want to get like all death metal albums, unless I find like that day where I found both suffocation albums that I really wanted and stuff, you know, I, yeah. tried, I had a death metal day, but I try to spread it <laughs> wide. And frankly, like the, the cover of We Are the Romans is, I don't know if it's, it, it, it's not like the worst, but it's just it's not especially it, it, in comparison it's, it's, to. It's interesting, but it's not really indicative of the music. Yeah, and, and I was, especially when you have when you have something like Jane Doe, which obviously Bannon's art is, is great. Oh god, um, he is amazing. Yeah, but like I, I just I didn't, I don't really like the mixed media, in, in this specifically, you know, like a like a blue picture of a city and then, like, you know, kind of crudely drawn paint and whatnot. Yeah, it just didn't. Really, and also, I don't really. I guess I didn't really understand how the concept fit together. Like, it's like a pretty modern American city with like this weird bullseye on it. Like, what does that have anything to do with Romans? I don't. And even still, I haven't really read into the lyrics of the concept. But obviously, now you know, I I own this on I think on vinyl, and it's uh, I mean, it's a great you know, you know, don't need me to tell you this, but it's it's a mathcore metalcore classic, really really great album. Um, I think it just was a, you know, a product of. I had limited attention span for any one genre at that time. And just, yeah. it was the least interesting I, looking album of the bunch. You know, when I'm looking at it now, it actually really reminds me of a lot of uh, Isis album covers. Yeah, it, like definitely. It looks like a like a, a crude version of a Panopticon. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, I, I, I don't necessarily hate it, but yeah, yeah. I, I can see why that is like, it's, it's definitely not like if, I don't know, like, it, like, this album cover looks like Caven Sounds. Yeah. To me. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, but it, anyway, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I, okay, so my next one is actually uh, the first Billy Joel album, Cold Spring Harbor. Okay. Uh, because it, 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 I think a lot of it has to do with the album cover. Um, just because it is, it is a very dated album cover. Um. <laughs> It, it features Billy Joel with a mullet or some kind of a mullet and with a mustache. And he, he, he basically looks like he's like, like Louis, the, like Louis the 14th before he gets his head chopped off. That is, wow. That is a vintage photo. Holy shit. Yeah. It, it is super <laughs> old. Oh, and, that's uh, awesome. You know, and, but then there's also the fact that, uh, Billy Joel is notoriously, you know, sort of shot on this record. 
And uh, I don't know if you remember that when we uh, went to go see him last year, uh, he didn't play anything from this album, but he played stuff from, I think, every other album. Interesting. Because uh, yeah, I remember so listening to it, like, before we w- went to, to see him, I listened to, I think I get pretty much all his albums, at least, a you know, kind of a, a once-over. And I, I like this. I, it, was, it was the one album I didn't recognize any yeah. songs on. Uh, it, from... I, honestly, like, the more I listen to it, the more I like it. I, I think it's, like, really one of his best albums. Yeah. Uh, which is really strange. Uh, just because I like, there are some really cheesy songs. Um, like you look so good to me is, it's probably the worst song Billy Joel has ever written. If you ask me, (laughs) but, um, it, there, there's a, there's a lot of really, there's a lot of powerful moments on it. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, for, for a person's first album is, it's just, it's, you know, for as raw as it is, you know, it's, it's still just you know an incredible listen um you know like especially like the the second half of it mm-hmm. uh, is pretty powerful for me uh because like tomorrow is today's famously um lyrics like this lyrics were written from a suicide note that he had written when he, he tried to drink drain cleaner oh wow yeah um you know and then got to begin again which is the final track on the album is is just very very like uh just it's a sad it's kind of like melodramatic you know but i i've i've always like i just had a had a heart for that song so you know but again it's like one of those it's 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 the topic of today is that you can't judge a book by its cover and exactly (laughs) yeah it's really it's really tough to hear so yeah um Uh, yeah yeah that's a really i think we have some really good examples so far um, kind of uh, like, like, you, you're going to be surprised at some of the ones that are coming up. Yeah, so. I'm, ex- I'm excited. Uh, this one, definitely uh, definitely a, a complete 180, because this is one of my favorite, um, uh, I guess pro- I mean, it's kind of a niche like category, but like production-based albums. But just the album cover, like when I was kind of, de- you know, kind of trying to download the top albums of all time on radio music. This is one I always skipped over because it is, I thought it was, it was boring. Like I was, I always get bored. I like album art that is like art. Even if it's just, um, even if it's, yeah, even if it's a photograph, it's like, it's staged in a way that it feels like, like a piece of art. And this one, it just kind of, it looked like a photo, someone like a still frame from a, a low budget, um, like nineties, early two thousands movie. And that is, introducing by dj shadow like i don't know like it just it kind of looked like someone went to the right or like you know like a a scene someone shot at a a record store in like a low budget like you know b movie and then just took that frame but honestly like after listening to the album and finally giving it a shot just because of how well regarded it is and you know the hip-hop spheres it's it's a great perfect album. album cover for what you know like the 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 plunder phonics angle that he takes it just the the like true like how much care he puts into his craft of, of you know scoring any potential sample he can incorporate and making these beautiful um you know, beautiful beats so yeah i think it, it's just i remember just being like man that cover kind of sucks uh, also like this is a little lame but like why are there five ellipses or like why are there five dots like what like oh, for me man. They, for me like my, once you go my, beyond my, once you go beyond three, my, my, my inner grammarian is yeah. like but but you know yeah. what else? This re- it started annoying one of my previous jobs. Like once you reach a certain age, 
you just start putting dots like 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 my boss after every and it just has, it has like inherent error of passive aggressiveness to it like after every email she'd be like does that sound good to you like dot 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 as if like hello like do you get it I don't know. Like, just, that's something else. I, that's something else that's always bothered me. I'm like, why can't you just have fucking three dots? Why can't you have no dots? I mean, I guess like <laughs> introducing DJ Shadow, but also why is it introducing? I don't know. Anyway, this that, I'm just piling on and being silly now. I I'm trying to find because the, the, there's a um, I think it's Fatboy Slim possibly uh-huh. uh, that had this album cover that looks exactly like that. Um, like introducing, mm-hmm. but I can't, I can't find it. Uh, I, I think it's like, it's, it's just like one of those big beat albums that like got like a lot of praise back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I kind of want to look this up first before we, uh, before I move on to my next one, because I know it's going to be just around here. Um, yeah. Fatboy Slim, you've come a long way, baby. It's the, one of the alternate covers of it is just like, just a vinyl shelf. So <laughs> interesting. I mean, um, but just because like I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really consider Fatboy Slim to be. I mean, I guess that that's how they used to. It's kind of interesting how. Um, I, I, oh, I, I'm, I'm not th- counting I, this as, as as one of mine, by the way. Oh, I'm th- oh, saying. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm I, thinking of. I, I, I've never even listened to the album actually. I might be thinking. I'm maybe thinking of like Fat Fat Joe or something. Is Fatboy Slim? He's an actual DJ, so that that yeah that makes sense. What I was gonna say is that like. We think of vinyl as, like, this kind of cool, like, bougie thing now, but especially, like, early hip-hop, that's just how they made beats. That was, like, just literally oh, yeah. what they used, so yeah, that man. was a dumb comment that I called myself out on, so we could move on. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> um, so, I, I, I had a couple that I, I added that I, I don't think I'm going to talk about, uh, unless you want me to just gloss over them briefly. Yeah, just, just, um, just rapid fire if you yeah, want. Yeah, just uh, Captain Beefheart's Dock at the Radar Station. Just because the, the album cover is like one of his paintings, and it was just, it's a bizarre album cover. and it, it But but it does happen to be one of Beefheart's best albums. Like, I, I think it's better than Trout Mask, frankly. Oh, um, yeah, that's not, that's not great. <laughs> yeah, and then, but, and then um, Melvin's Houdini. And it, it's, it's actually not an example of bad artwork. It's more of a sort of... Um, sort of the context revolving around Melvin's that like people were like, oh, they're the heaviest fucking band of all time. Oh, and, yeah, like, that, that's not that's just. I, I yeah, and, like I remember listening. I think I listened to, like Stoner Witch, and I was like, yeah, you're full of shit. And but but then uh, one of my friends had Houdini on, mm-hmm. uh, and just like from like the first track, I was so freaking blown away by it. Like it is gruesome. Um, yeah, I but mean, I'm, the. I'm, I'm, I'm... Oh, go ahead. What were gonna say? I was just saying, like, I'm a huge Melvin's fan, but yeah, I yeah. mean, like, I guess they're one of the, they're one of the heavier, like, I don't, I don't even know what you put because, like, technically they're well known, but they're not like super popular in terms of like they're not like a mainstream rock band, especially not anymore. Yeah. But like, yeah, they're one of the heavier, like, kind of normie rock. I don't know. They're they're such a weird. Like, band. I mean, they they I always think of it as just like a sludge metal band. Yeah, um, exactly. They're, but yeah, I but, don't know. They're they're an anyway, interesting interesting band. So the the actual album that I'm gonna pick next is uh, Ta the El Daoud by uh, Alice Coltrane. Okay. Uh, just because I, I remember looking at the album cover for this thing like i I remember the 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 first time i ever heard a piece from this thing was uh when i was writing for heavy blog and um i think it was ahmed uh i was doing a playlist swap with him 
And uh, I think he had, I want to say Blue Nile was the track we were listening to, or that that was part of his thing. And I, I just remember looking at this album cover and being like, what the fuck is going on here? And it's like, it, it's a cool album cover, mind you. But, like, I I just, I, I, I think at that time, I had listened to uh, this this Impulse uh, reissue of one of Alice Coltrane's albums. It, it was actually, like, one of those, it has two albums on one disc, mm-hmm. which I'm not the biggest fan of. But, yeah. And, like, it, it the... It's a cool set of albums, but they're not very jazzy. Mm. Um, and so I wasn't really like, I wasn't really sure what to expect from this. And then I was just like, I, I loved, I loved this album. And I, yeah. I finally, I finally own it uh, because I, I just, I love the, uh, the blues piano that she plays on here. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm trying to remember whether it's either this one or, uh, Journey in Sasha Dananananana. <laughs> However you say that. Uh, because, but both of those just have like, she, when she's playing piano, she just has these really beautiful bluesy chords that she works around. And I just, I, I, I love the feel of it. Um, and I love how she's sort of able to meld, you know, sort of that jazz heart with like more experimentation. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. <laughs> Nice, yeah. I own. I think I own a couple Alice Coltrane albums. I definitely think this one is probably the, my least favorite cover of hers I've seen. I mean, this kind of looks like a like an OG Dungeons and Dragons manual cover. You well, know like, what it, it looks like? If it was like an it, like it, an it, Egyptian it, theme campaign. Uh, people people are gonna want to kill me, but this kind of looks like what I'd expect, like an insane clown posse. Uh, album cover look like? <laughs> oh, I could totally see that. That's actually not that far off. Honestly, don't feel bad. We w- w- when are we going to do our insane clown posse episode, Scott? Uh, after I I, 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 I want to talk about my favorite band. I I um, you, you could do a, a solo a, like... a, a, and and my favorite soda, Fago Fago Moon Mist. Uh. <laughs> next time you do a solo, like next time I'm on vacation, you need a solo episode. Have at it because I'm <laughs> I'm all set. Oh jeez, what, what a what a band! I, I don't think I've ever even listened to it in Saint Cloud Passes. I actually song, I so. borrowed the Great Malenko from uh, my cousin who was a ha- fan for a hot second, and it's just not. I don't know. It's just not. It's just like. It's do, you, not, do you remember um, that that the, the series of, of videos that Fantano did that he was like asking Siri what the best albums were? Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, you know, Siri, what, what's the best make like uh, fucking ICP album? And they're like, it's the Great Malenko. Like, a fucking course it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's definitely. I can somewhat see the appeal, I suppose. I mean, for me, I just think that. Uh, um, I don't know. Like, I, I think. I mean, they're kind of funny. They're kind of comedic, but it's just it's not. Like I just I can't believe of all the great hip hop that's come out over time that is like what you'd be like this is the rap I want to listen to like that's just it's just really difficult for me to believe that of all the fantastic you know uh, albums I don't know it, God I I, I th- there's just something so intriguing about like juggalo culture Yeah uh, I mean maybe it's it's the community I don't know like the, the well be... it's it's just like it, it's 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 interesting in the way that like. You look at like you know uh, like like an animal in a zoo that yeah. that that's l- 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 like one of those baboons with the purple asses, you know. <laughs> like it's just l- like you can't help but just kind of like 
stare at it in amazement <laughs> and be like, like, why are you like this? But hey, anyway. Um, so on that note, my, um, I'm trying to think, because yeah, like, a few of these I don't have, I have more to say about than the other. Um, I guess I'll talk about this one and give it a full listen, just because obviously I've had a storied relationship or journey with uh, prog metal, and I guess prog rock in general, yes. specifically prog metal, because you know, I always you know, I always liked Yes, my, my dad had an OG copy of Drama that I always enjoyed, and you know, obviously I've, I've always enjoyed Pink Floyd and whatnot, but for some reason prog metal was just a different beast for me. And over time, like, you know, really it was Leprous that helped me. Their album, uh, Melina, yeah. just really helped, you know, convert. That me. is a great yeah. album. But the one, like, because even we, we did that Devin Townsend exploration where I, I actually I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I, I was surprised how much you enjoyed it. Yeah, I know. I, I was I was too. But the one, you know, essential prog metal band, and probably anyone listening could probably guess, uh, that I hadn't listened to and didn't listen to just because... Even people who like the band think that their members are assholes. Like, certain members are just really pretentious and obnoxious. And now that I finally, you know, this is, I think, a few weeks ago at this point, I just was like, you know what? I really should listen to them. And that is Dream Theater, Images and Words. Um, oh, okay. So, I mean, for, first of all, the wait, album wait, cover. You, you, you finally listened to this? No, I mean, the album cover in general is, is not, you know, not excellent. It's not, like, the worst, but it's not great. But yeah, yeah, I just you know, I just was not into prog metal, and if you know, if there was one band that really was synonymous for you know, modern prog metal, it has to be Dream Theater, and I think oh, yeah. both simultaneously it was interesting, like the way that fans talked about them as if like they were the most genre, like the most like incredible like mind bending band that ever existed, but then also yeah. shitting on Portnoy and I think he's the drummer, right? Yeah, it was the drummer. Yeah, and then I, I think like different vocalists and what like just kind of shitting on. Like it just—it was so amazing that like fans like both turned me off because, you know, they 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 praised them as gods, but on the other hand, they they just seemed like a bunch of really obnoxious people that fans love the shit on as well. But I actually really enjoy this album for a lot of the reasons that I've, you know, started to love prog metal. I mean, it, it just—it's so massive in scope. It's just you know, it, it's theatrical in all the best ways. Yeah, it's corny, it's over the top, but like, I, it's kind of fun. It's just—it's a fun listen. It's really. It's kind of really easy to listen to. Like, there's just so much going on. And it's just so engaging that it's just. It, it, I never felt bored because there was always like a new movement, a new um, idea, like a new suite that they're adding on to the suite that was already like 50 minutes long. Uh, yeah, that's an exaggeration, but yeah, like they just. It's a band that I always like. I knew eventually, like, to really cap off my 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 uh, foray into prog metal and become like a, a card carrying prog metal fan. I kind of had to listen to dream theater and it actually turned out, turned out well. I've actually, I've never listened to images and words. Um, I always sort of veered more towards dream theaters, later albums, uh, not including like, like, I think like after Portnoy left, I Mm -hmm. don't think I've listened to any of those post post Portnoy albums. Um, (laughs) yeah. <laughs> there's a tongue twister for you um, but like train of thought is yeah like, I, I really like that album like i think it's a really great album yeah I, I forget what why specifically i chose image of words because even i write your music there's there's a very very small margin between i think it literally is the one at the top but like several other albums all are within a, like a few fractions of a point of each other like they really are a beloved band and remained pretty consistent mm. for you know 
a decent stretch of time. You know, obviously, the deal things faltered, and I think recently they've really fallen off in terms of. I I've I've heard that they they've just it's like two different bands now. Yeah. In, in terms of quality. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. All right, so I have two albums left. Uh, you know and- what? I, I do too. I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll rapid fire the other two I have left, but then there's two more I'll talk about relatively quickly. But you, go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, I was just going to do one at a time because yeah. I, I, I think I kind of want to talk about both of them in different ways. Um, th- this first one really isn't a um, a complaint against the album per se. It's more it's more because it's um it's part of a series of albums that have just terrible covers, and that's um it's called uh, the it's the album Reclamation by uh, Burning Ghosts. And mind okay. you, I'm not I'm not criticizing the music at all i i mm-hmm. love this i i think it's an, a fantastic album i was very lucky to receive like an advanced copy of it um you know i i love this album but it's part of uh zadix spectrum series i believe or no their, their, their spotlight series mm-hmm. and all of those album covers have just like the same style that's just like the spotlight basically yeah. yep and it I, I just have always hated how it looks. Like, I, I feel like it's... Like, especially considering how amazing a lot of Zeta Galum covers are. Like, and even, like, even the ones that are, like, part of a series, like the Composer series, like, like there, there are some really interesting takes mm-hmm. on that formula. Uh, but this whole series has just been, like, just really, really ugly looking. And it, um, it kind of stinks because the the circle in the middle with the actual artwork is uh, is really cool. Yeah, like you know, I would yeah. really be interested to see that as a full piece. Yeah, exactly. And not to mention that you know, the, the Spotlight series itself is supposed to be talking about really new acts in avant garde music, mm-hmm. and um, you know, so like it's 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 basically like not even giving them like the bands and they're a fair shot. Yeah almost because it's like oh i don't really want to see that album cover you know even though like i feel like there's a lot like it's probably my least explored part of the zeta catalog Mm -hmm. um maybe that new japan i think um but yeah it's i i it's just kind of kind of a shame because there's you know there's some really good music i think to be had Mm -hmm. in that series but it's just marred by like just the this atrocious album artwork. Yeah, no, I I, um, I feel you for sure. Yeah, it, it, I mean, I, I think it's cool that Burning Ghosts were able to get this album out on Zedek. Uh, yeah, you know, but uh, you know, but if you look at the album cover for like their first album, I I, I think it's like a better album cover even. Yeah, than, I like the one, the one with the flag. Yeah, yeah, e- I, I even though I think cool. Reclamation is actually the better album, strangely enough, but um, yeah. Uh, do you want me to talk about the second one, or do you want to go to yours? Yeah, I'll, I'll do a couple uh, just quick hits, and then, um, I mean, I'll generally, because we're, we're getting over a little bit, I'll keep mine yeah. short, but I'll do two quick ones, and then a little bit longer, and then you can do your last one, I'll do my last one. Yeah, uh, Yeah. so without further ado, uh, two quick ones. Uh, one, uh, Pharmacon's Abandon, and it's just because, I mean, this is kind of an issue I have with all of, uh, that's why I, I haven't bought... Oh, is that, is that the one with the bees? Yeah, or like the ma- I think the maggots. Uh, that's oh, yeah, I the maggots. Bought... I, for some reason, I always thought it was bees. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't bought her two most re- recent albums just because you know her biting into like almost like soap or like a, like a, a cast of yeah. her face, and then the one with the fingers everywhere. Like it just really grosses me out. 
Like, it, like <laughs> legitimately makes me nauseous. And that was kind of like when I first saw Abandoned because I didn't know anything about her. Like, I just, it really creeped. It just, it, like, I don't know. It just ugh. Even now I'm getting the, the creepy crawlies. But obviously, fantastic death industrial power. Like, just a really, really great, um, great musician. And then also, uh, uh, kind of Outcast and I don't really like any of Outcast covers. I mean, I think AT Aliens is okay, but it kind of looks like a like a dated comic book cover. But yeah. I specifically picked Aquemini uh, just because I think, in general, I thought I didn't like Southern hip hop because the Southern hip hop artists I knew, like like Ti and Lil Wayne, I just didn't like. So like and, and like you know the the New York rappers I knew, even the West Coast, I did enjoy. But finally, you know, when I gave Aquemini a chance, it's just they're great. You know, Outcast is obviously a great group and i think that was yep. the first album I've, that i've never really given outcast much of a chance they're really uh, good it's, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's a huge blind spot for me i you know, i always hear nothing but good things but i just like yeah. I, I think part of it actually has to do with the album covers as well because i look at the um the at aliens cover like the the font choice for yes. the title is is so is is just repulsive yeah i mean me. i honestly but, i don't like any the, of their well, I, I think the I like the the illustration is really cool, but like for some reason, like that metal, like it it, it looks like that they they made the font for it in like MS Word. Yes. Yeah. Using like that old Word art tool that I used to use, like it I, as like a fifth grader. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so my um, the one I want to talk about a little bit more deeply, and then I have one that I think. Everyone could probably see coming if you listen to this podcast, but um, this every one... Kanye album. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for spoiling it. But anyway, um, oh, I, I I got it. Yeah, but we'll talk. We'll Hell talk about, yeah, we'll talk about it later. So yeah. um, this one is explosions in the sky. The Earth is not a cold, dead place. And oh I, yeah, I I, I never I had never listened to them. You know, my my parade into post rock was pretty much exclusively Mogwai and Godspeed You Black Emperor, and you know, obviously, post rock, as always, you know, it's known for a very cinematic, you know, uh, palette and just you know, very like big swells, and you can kind of see it in you know, TV or or film and whatnot. But I think it was the the media that Explosions in the Sky composed for the term, you know, the fact you know they were you know Friday Night Lights and whatnot. Like it just it kind of made their music in my mind be like, oh, like that's kind of like that's like normie post rock. Like that that's yeah. just it's, it's like too sanitized, or whatever. I mean. I don't really think that's true after finally, you know, I own, I forget, it's, it's another, uh, it's the one with the painting where like there's, I think there's like an angel in a ship and whatnot, which I actually, yeah, I, I, um, I take care, take care, take care. No, I think. I think that that was the one with the door. I mean, in any case, yeah. I actually, I, yeah. I, 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 I generally like all their album covers, but I think it's just, it makes sense why they were tapped to, um, why they were tapped to do, do you know the the, the high profile? Friday pro- Night Lights. Yeah, they, they were tapped to do the high profile because they also did a, I think Lone Survivor. Like they've done a few different kind of you know. Oh yeah, did, did, haven't they done like a video game soundtrack? Oh, they, they did, didn't they do um, No Man's Sky? Yes, I uh, I think that might have been Sleep Makes Waves or Sixty Five Days. They might have done. Oh yeah, yeah, you, you know it's one of those. Man, I, um, see, I I I'm just not a huge gamer. So, as much as I'd like to think I am on... It's 65 Days of Static. Yeah. Um, we did No Man's Sky. But, yeah, like, um, I mean, again, it was kind of, you know, like the, you know... I, I thought about it ass backwards, basically, is that 
you know, this is the reason they were asked to do these kind of big budget productions is because they make really gorgeous cinematic post rock, you know, yeah. and it definitely is like nowadays there are plenty of bands who make kind of like the boiler boilerplate post rock that explosions at the sky. Like they kind of were the first band to establish like the really formulaic style that post rock is, you know, some segments of post rock is, is grown into. I think it's a much more eclectic genre than. I think people give it credit for, but just when people think of modern post rock, they think of. But it's kind of the same thing with any genre. Like if you're not really familiar with death metal, like a lot of like the caveman, cavern core stuff, just sounds like it sounds the same, um, yeah. which I, I totally get. But yeah, I, I mean, it's just it's it's their music's really beautiful. This album in particular, I bought it because it, it's you know really it's their most acclaimed album, and it's really beautiful. I totally understand why they were tapped to to create the soundtracks they did because they're really good at making soundtrack worthy music. Yeah. So, um, two thoughts on this on this album. First, though, like, and and mind you, very superficial thoughts. Um, if you go to the Wikipedia page, it says um, it is widely considered to be a concept album. <laughs> it's it's like how do you how do how do you not know whether that's for real or not? Like that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> like I mean, I, I I guess because it's instrumental that. You know, it's kind of up to your interpretation, but like, you know, I, I feel like Godspeed is able to make a lot of pretty conceptual stuff. Yeah. And it, it like it doesn't seem debatable almost. Yeah, it just feels weird. Like if that's something people like generally think or like hypothesize, wouldn't I mean like, they're not a mysterious band. Like they're just they're just do like just ask them. Explosions in the sky. They're widely considered to be a band. <laughs> exactly. Um, it, it's like second my, it, of all the uh, the album cover reminds me of um that Paramore album of uh, Riot. Oh, it, it does. It's just like yes. the, just like the word Riot written all over and over again. Then there's just like one red. Yeah, I totally, yeah. I totally see that. Yeah, yeah, which is um, interesting. Anyway, <laughs> like like Riot, that kind of sound that, that feels like this album's teen, like you know, like angry, angsty teenager phase, and then finally it calms <laughs> down. I was like, oh, now I'm I'm prim and proper. <laughs> yeah, they, and now I'm given to bouts of of conceptual existentialism. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, my um my final one is uh, kind of surprising, and this is not about album covers either. Uh, this is actually as uh, Spy vs. Spy by John Zorn. It's um, okay. It, it, this is more like knowing the context of the album because it's a uh, it's an album consisting entirely of Ornette Coleman covers. But they're played at super fast speeds, and okay. so I, I I think when I first heard about that, I was like, "That's kind of stupid," <laughs> you know, because like I don't like like on paper it doesn't really look that impressive, in a way. It's just like okay, so you so you so you're just playing like some people's music fast, like you mm-hmm. know that 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 happens all the time. Like I was just listening to. Uh, Miles Davis's uh, highlights from the plug nickel, and like they do like this super fast version of so what mm-hmm. that you, you almost can't recognize it. Um, but it's so like you know like on paper it doesn't look right, mm-hmm. it, or it it just kind of looks bland. But it is a fantastic album, mm-hmm. and it's it's really interesting how just something like speeding up these songs creates a whole new dimension for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I think part of it is just Zorn's, I think, freneticism and his, um, I think just his, adhe- like, like, I mean, Orna Coleman is a huge influence on him. I mean, I, I think it was like pretty much single-handedly, like the reason he picked up Alto Sax. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, so like it's 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 a great album, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean that, that and honestly, like personally, awesome album cover too. Yeah, I was gonna say like yeah, uh, this kind of it definitely was a context example because I really like that album cover and I I, yeah. I want to give us a. I guess I'll have to find an unofficial YouTube stream because I, I this I, I honestly I, I wish to just go out and buying it. it's worth it. Yeah, I mean uh, this is definitely still. Hey, I'll try to find a a copy on. Uh, maybe I'll check Bank uh, uh, Bull Moose just because I've been I'm at, I've been I, really. So I, I I'm actually on Bull Moose right now um, because you, you you oh and it's oh it's not it's not there um, it's not in stock but I, because you brought up Leprous I'm like oh fuck I forgot about Leprous so they, <laughs> they they have a used copy of Molina so thank you Scoots. You're welcome. That's what I'm it, here and for. And actually, uh, Godspeed, you Black Emperor. They have a, they have a copy of Lift Your Skinny Fist used. So. Oh, nice. That's I mean, yeah. that, that's a great one. Uh, part of me wanted to do uh, Yank Yankui, whatever that one's called. Yeah, the uh, the, 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 the the first. Yeah, just uh, just because it, it's like wildly considered their worst album, uh, which what? I actually I actually oh oh no no you, okay I I I got you mixed up. Uh, you're talking about the one with the plane. The one right? with the plane on is wildly considered yeah. the worst album. Which actually I disagree. I think the one with the sheep on it, Asunder. Uh, I think that one is just that one really doesn't work for me. But yeah, that one I didn't buy for the longest time because it just everyone was like, "Oh, that album sucks." And I finally bought a cheap copy, and it's definitely it's like a it's a less good. I mean, this is terrible verbiage, but it's it's a less good <laughs> version of like their you know lift your skinny fists and Fist, then you know yeah. F sharp infinity or whatever that is. Um, I I've never been able to get into that album. Yeah, I mean like I I I I also really love um oh what's it their EP. I forget. Uh, I forget what they've put. They, they've put out a lot of stuff. Yeah, there. but I mean, it's definitely not like the best that they've they've offered. But it's it's not bad. Like people have treated it like oh, it's terrible. Like I I disagree. Mm. But without further ado, the my final example and one of the best examples of Don't Judge a Book by its cover, and it, it I I always find a way to bring them up. Yep. One Mr. Kanye West. And the one album I, I chose specifically is My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And I still I, I still have <laughs> I still have issues with it. I don't think it's definitely up to the standards that people hold it to. But that's kind of where I'm coming from. It's just that the the way he is regarded, I think, is even still, I think it's crazy. Like I think Oh yeah. I mean the he deserves a lot of credit for his production, especially kind of I mean he he has been hugely influential in terms of how you know hip hop production um, evolved in that specific period of time, you know, like the work he did with Common and Jay Z, um, the kind of like the Chipmunk Soul, the different types of samples he brought in, especially as the early two thousands, hip hop was becoming very artificial, definitely like an extension of, of the G funk, um, you know, movement, the West Coast movement, and mm. just and the way he specifically uses voice like some of the the vocal samples that he turns into um turns into like some incredibly like just compelling beats it is incredible but of course his personality has just it was always a huge barrier for me and i just i didn't check him out for the longest time and i just when i did listen to his music i just didn't give it as much of a fair shake as i should have just got um i i i don't think you're being fair to kanye i think you're discriminating against him because he's a gay fish <laughs> jeez oh man but i mean it, it, it's kind of, it, it's <laughs> motherfucking gay fish. It, it's yeah i mean it, it's just it's really <laughs> what, what, is it something with fish sticks 
and but fish sticks are breaded. That that makes me gay. <laughs> I don't get it. Oh man, I mean, I, I'm I'm glad that I finally, you know, I kind of just embrace. And, and you know, it just it, it kind of it's just baggage that comes with his his music because that he's just kind of, um, I've come to accept him because it really doesn't show up that much. Unfortunately, I think people are right that he really changed after his mother passed away, because he was never at the level he is now before that happened. Like you know, on graduation, you kind of started to see it, but it definitely it was felt like more like you know, kind of your run of the mill braggadocio or whatever. But then, you know, 808 and Heartbreaks was kind of a sad album. And then after that, he just emerged as this, like, you know, huge asshole. <laughs> like, this huge... Like, it, it's, again, it, again, gay fish, man. It, you know, he, he has his own life to live. You know, humping trout and humping uh, trout. doing all that great stuff. Love it. All, all that great Love stuff. Love it. But, so, but yeah, I, I mean... I, I, I approve of Kanye's lifestyle, if anybody's asking. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, even, like, on graduation, like, the... Harder, better, faster, stronger, the way he flips that beat. I mean, the fact that he, you know, he, he, uh, the creative way he flips and kind of changes the meaning or changes the context of, uh, that Jamie Foxx sample, uh, sample on Gold Digger, or excuse me, the Ray Charles, and then getting, you know, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx? Sorry. But then getting, you know, getting Jamie Foxx, who, you know, had played Ray Charles, you know, at, yeah. at like that exact time. So, yeah, I mean, just super inventive guy, a lot of talent, but also I think the, the other thing that always turned me off is uh, the, one of the reasons it's kind of relatively well documented or at least well accepted in the, the hip hop community is that the reason he didn't get uh, his own kind of shot as a solo artist was because of his rapping. Like he just, I mean, throughout his career, he definitely, a lot of his songs, he starts out strong and then just slowly like loses it and just starts like kind of, like he loses his touch and starts like his punchlines get worse and worse and he just gets, you know, lazier. Um, but, but so, so, so to kind of bring it all together, you're, you're saying that like, you know, despite all this, you know, it, Kanye is still someone to listen to. Yeah. I mean, and I'm glad I finally gave him a shot because, you know, I, I think that there was definitely a lot to criticize him for, but I think you have to give him, his due at least in the production end but i think he's he's written some of the best um most compelling hip-hop songs of you know kind of that that mainstream slant and i just i'm I'm glad i finally got over because i mean there's a lot of like crazy over-the-top personalities i mean i'm a huge smith i'm a huge smith's fan and morrissey is awful so (laughs) i mean over the top personalities is kind of what is like ruling the hip-hop landscape right now anyway yeah exactly um so you know so yeah just kind of what it is um all right well we're getting really late do do you want to talk about albums of the week i would you know i would indeed (laughs) and i would (laughs) uh for me this uh it's an album that brought me back to um brought me back to like the, my high school years and kind of like the pop punk emo I used to listen to. But it's interesting because I the, the album wasn't one that I listened to in that period of time. There's one song in particular called Dark Blue that was really, really well, um, it was really popular at the time in different circles. But I didn't listen to the full album until recently. There was a kind of like a thrift, I think it was actually called Thrifties. It was in Manchester. Uh, here in New Hampshire, and oh, is is that the one that's near Massabesic? 
I think it was there, but then yeah. he closed and opened in the mall, and yeah. now, now, now he's closed permanently, or at least he's not there anymore. Uh-huh. Um, but in the interim, I think he either stored or just gave some of his product to a music store in downtown Derry near where Elaine and I grew up. And he was just, the guy was like, I don't have time to price all this, just $5 for everything. And I saw the CD, it was like, oh yeah, I remember that song, and I bought it, and I re- revisited it again this weekend, and it's just such a cool, cool album. And it is um, Jack's Mannequin, and uh, I'm actually blanking on, I'm going to Google the specific name, um, which is really bad, because it's my album of the week, but just bear with <laughs> me. But what was really cool... It is a really cool cover, um, kind of like a, a painting of a downtown area with a plane and whatnot. But what really set everything in transit, what really set the album apart is that it kind of had the, you know, like the pop, pop punk emo of the early 2000s. But it's really, really, um, really, really piano driven. Like the main uh, main songwriter, uh, Andrew McMahon or McMahon, however you pronounce his name, it, it just it, it's everything you love about or everything I love about that kind of like really hook driven, overly emotional pop punk and emo, but like bolstered by pretty well written piano that really complements what was going on. And it's just a lot of great songs, a lot of great sing alongs really is a very unique take on that, that sound. It's just, it's interesting how like it just perfectly captures that period of my life and my music listening even though I, I, I didn't listen to the album at the time. Like, you know, just listening to it now in my mid-20s, I just to- it totally transported me. Um, just a really, really cool album, and I'm glad that I, I picked it up and found it because I love the, the single Dark Blue. It, it's just it's such a great song, but I think the rest of the album has a lot to offer, too. So hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I've, I've really never listened to a ton of emo music. Yeah, thankfully, um, it's, it's not super... No, like I think they they strike a good balance. Like it's not, yeah, it's not like the used. Like the used, especially like the lead singer Bert's vocals are just like peak. Oh my god! Like it'll be okay. Settle down. <laughs> it's just Korea. So there you go. Yeah, I, I it's it's more just like I I, I just I, I think I always associated like emo and like pop punk sort of like with the same thing. So I was sure. like, oh, like a band like Attack and the Attack Attack. Like fuck that. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So which when you realize that emo uh actually encapsulates a number of very good influential bands yeah uh, that aren't attack attack um yes. so you know attack, you attack attack is really like i want to listen to that album again because the last time i revisited it i'm like this is awful like just really <laughs> really truly bad like even well, the see, breakdowns I, 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 i'm just more talking about sort of like that mall core 20 you know 2011 yeah type of like sound that just like falling in reverse all yeah. that well, isn't yes. isn't the lead singer falling in reverse from attack attack oh that was like I, I don't know i don't know honestly but that wouldn't surprise me at all uh let me see i'm looking this up because we don't care um it is escape the fate is what i was thinking oh okay of. yeah uh doesn't matter all all, all kind of the same thing for me that I try to keep away from, uh, which is not a great thing. But uh, my album of the week is probably the complete opposite of that because, <laughs> um, well, so you know we've we've all kind of been stuck in the house for a long time now. Uh, I, I know I feel like I can. I mean, I, I personally just go wherever, but I mostly don't like to move 
out of the house because I I just like to chill. And uh, but I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna go for a drive the other day. And uh, I had this album on, and I enjoyed myself very much. It is uh, "The Stranger" by Billy Joel. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I am kind of a normie pick for me. I don't care. It's I, I, it was a great it's a great album. I loved I, I just love being able to like sing to an album like I, I, I enjoy that a lot, especially like I, I know pretty much every single word of that album. So <laughs> it's just like able to, you know, sort of do it again. And, you know, especially the, the song Vienna is really touching to me, uh, especially just being someone who is confused about a lot of things in life. Uh, and it's just kind of nice to have a reminder being like, just chill the fuck out a little bit. <laughs> so, um, yeah, <laughs> that is, that's my album of the week. And, um, nice. yeah, yeah we, you know, we both picked piano driven albums or like piano yeah. themed the, albums, the, the, I guess. There, there are, there are parts of the stranger that, that have piano in them, but not all the songs. Oh, okay. All right, well, I, guess like, my, like, I think only the good, I'm, I'm pretty sure only the good Diane doesn't have any piano in it, but I could be wrong. My uh, my my plebeian knowledge of Billy Joel is just showed there, so I think before I embarrass myself, <laughs> I, further, I mean, I w- w- wouldn't the Billy Joel fan be the bigger pleb? Uh, maybe maybe I'm just a philistine. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> whatever you want to use, yeah. Uh, w- whatever insult I wish to use, yeah. Okay, well, that has been our episode this week. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Thanks as always for listening. All right, and bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Pod, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, we're on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about, or questions, anything like that, uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishira Podcast on Twitter. And our email, I think, is Seishira Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.